applause. Hey, good afternoon and welcome to SWAT Radio. It is Monday and we are in October. It is October the 2nd, hard to believe. We're already in October 2023. I'm so glad you could join us today on this marvelous Monday, as my friend Pastor Will McKinnon says. He he calls it Marvelous Monday. And I'm glad you could join us today. And today... uh, I am joined again by my Mandarin, uh, one of my Mandarin uh, shepherds down there, Craig Henderson. Craig, thanks for joining us again on SWAT Radio. Glad you could be here with us to help take up some of the slack with, uh, you know, Brad being gone. So, Well, I'm no Brad, but I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to come help out and uh, uh, love what we do here on SWAT Radio. Well, I am really glad that you're in here and uh, it... Uh, it's always a pleasure to have you in here. And, you know, uh, if you're just tuning into SWAT, we always like to let people know, because uh, I, I talk to people all the time. Say, yeah, I was just scrolling through the radio and I heard you guys talking and I like your program. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And it really, the radio program spawned out of the SWAT Bible studies, which started about 12 years ago here in Jacksonville. And the SWAT Bible studies are an expository study, but it's really more than that. We have five core values. The first core value is that God's word is our starting point and our authority. I mean, we we submit ourselves underneath his word in the context it was originally given. Um, you know, we try to understand it in context. And sometimes that's challenging because you're spanning 2,000 years. You're spanning an Eastern culture and a Western culture. And so what we try to do, uh, and in fact, Craig, that's quite frankly why I lead groups over to Israel to help people understand not only the time bridge that we have to cross, but even more difficult to me a lot of times is the Eastern-Western bridge. Yeah, the different thought processes. Because we've been very influenced in our learning by Greek learning uh, habits and Greek uh, education versus the Eastern uh, way of learning, which is very different. You know, in the in the West, we'll confront somebody straight up by just saying, hey, man, your breath stinks, right? <laughs> yeah. But in the East, they won't do that. They'll say, hey, you know what? There's this guy who was walking by me this morning. His breath was horrendous. They'll tell you a story, and you're trying to figure out who you are in the story. Because when somebody says, let me tell you something, what happened, or let me tell you a story, yet, you know, they're trying to get a point across. So just different ways of, of communicating there. And it's important for us to be able to understand those. And um, so I, that's what we do. That's our, our first core value. Second is prayer, staying close to our commander, um, who's Jesus. We want, we want to constantly be going before the father just like jesus did and um and we submit to jesus as our king and he's intervening for us and but he was our model and he taught us 
how to pray. And if you look at his prayer versus a lot of our prayers, his prayers didn't deal very much with the physical and material. Very true. If you look at the model prayer, not that, listen, it's, it's not, we're not saying it's wrong to pray for those things, but when Jesus was asked, teach us how to pray like you pray, he, he, he gave them this, um, model that really did not talk very much about the material. Give us this day, our daily bread, but it focused a lot more, uh, you know, may your will be done, you know, on earth as it is in heaven. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. You know, so his his model prayer was much more about the spiritual realm. And so prayer is our second core value. Third is evangelism, engaging witnesses for impact. We are to be witnessing, putting God on display in the world around us. And he says, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And so that core value is so often we think we have to go lead everybody in a sinner's prayer. No, we should be out there representing him to the world through our lives and through our speech and through our our passion to give hope to people who are needy and in need of hope. And as we do that, we witness that we are his and we put him on display to the world around us. That's the third core value. Fourth is making disciples. It is making his last command our first priority. Go into all the world. As you are going, make disciples. It is a, as you are going about your business, you should be making disciples. Doesn't say make converts. It says make disciples. Disciples, Disciples, yes. And then uh, fifth is uh, a community, a band of brothers, a band of brothers who come together around the word, a band of brothers who have a like-minded passion to be like their rabbi, which is not me, it's Jesus. Jesus. And uh, But Paul says, imitate me as what? I imitate Christ. So those are our five core values. And, um, and so SWAT Radio, we just try to take what we do in the weekly studies on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, kind of work through it. This week, we're in Mark chapter 1, verses 9 through 11, and it's part one of um, a two-part series as we work through Mark on a different kind of king. This is not a king like most people in that time period would have viewed a king. And so his kingdom, he said, is not of this world. So we're going to look at that today. Uh, But the first segment, we usually get into things going on in the news. And there's a brouhaha going because Al Mohler up at Southern Seminary wrote a pretty scathing article about the conference that took place at North Point Community Church last week. Uh, It was last Thursday and Friday. And this conference called the Unconditional Love Conference um, was really about ministering. That This was the premise that it was about ministering to uh, parents of children that are homosexual uh, or that have homosexual desires or, or transgender issues and helping them work through it. And on the surface... 
it sounds like, okay, um, this is a great thing, right? I mean, this is what we ought to be doing, reaching out to people like that. And it's it, they partnered with a ministry called Embracing the Journey. And um, Andy Stanley spoke. They had two men who were in a homosexual marriage who were ministers who advocate that you can be in a homosexual relationship and still be a, 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 a Christian in good standing with the Lord. You're not in disobedience to him as long as you're monogamous. And so it, it was very confusing on a lot of levels. But yesterday, Andy Stanley at his church gave a message to his congregants, and they didn't stream it. It was just for them. But there were people who were there who did record it and who did put it out. And I listened to the message, and I just – I just want to make a couple of comments about the hour, almost hour that I listened to that was very disturbing for me. And my wife listened to, I got her to listen just to make sure I wasn't off base in this, that, that I, we were hearing the same thing. And my wife has the gift of discernment and her spidey senses were tingling so bad. It almost brought her to tears. Mm. Wow. Because, you know, this issue of homosexuality is treated differently than any other sin issue in the church right now in light of these conferences. You don't see people having conferences on how to deal with kids with anger problems or how to deal with kids with pornography problems. Yeah. Or how to deal with kids with a, a murder problems? We got we got kids all over this country killing other people, and and this issue of of transgenderism, homosexuality, these things are not new. These things have been around for a long time. God prescribed in the Old Testament ways to deal with it in the way he dealt with a lot of sin because he was trying to have a people that put him on display. But some things that Andy Stanley said that I heard from my mouth in context were very disturbing to me. One of those things was that these people have asked God to deliver them from this, and he has not answered them. And so, you know, they, they're almost like they're a victim. Like, I, 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 it's almost like, could you imagine, Craig, somebody coming into you for counseling who's, who's a multiple serial adulterer? Right, yeah. Going, I have asked God to forgive me for this and to deliver me from this, but I just can't help myself. I, it, this is who I am. That's basically what he was saying. This is who they were defined by their sexual preference. Mm. And, and there was no mention of a calling people to repentance, uh, telling them. In fact, it was almost ridiculed to take them to the word of God as if that was not sufficient. Wow. And and so I started doing a little digging and I found there was a group of pastors that met uh out in uh, I'll just say they met out west. And a couple of pastors that 
responded to other pastors about this meeting where Andy Stanley was present. And at this meeting, he said that homosexuality is really a disability. And he used the analogy that telling people who are homosexual they have to stop and follow Christ is like taking a wheelchair away from a guy who can't walk. He even said, I don't do gay weddings, but I can't say I would never do a gay wedding. I mean, wow. so he said, and I quote, we need to make room for gay men who choose to be married to each other in our churches because that's as close as they can get to a New Testament framework of marriage. I believe in gay people. Some people are gay. And I know I shouldn't let experience dictate my theology, but I have. Maybe I'm wrong. This, these are direct quotes. Wow. And so, um, you know, Al Mohler said he's left the station. And he's apparently Andy Stanley's going to come out with a response to Dr. Mohler's article. But these are very troubling things coming out of North Point. And the worst part about I heard in his message is basically anybody who disagrees or dissents with their model of this is basically looked at with animosity, contempt, and like we hate LGBT family and friends. And that couldn't be further from the truth. Right. Yeah. So all that to say, uh, but that's, that's textbook liberalism right there. You know, you sever doctrine from ethics. Uh, anyway, we can get into that a little bit more when we come back. But it was very upsetting to hear that up at North Point. So we, we do need to pray. Pray for the people up there that truly love the Lord to be discerning and to speak truth to him about this and friends. Hey, you're listening to SWAT Radio. We're going to be right back uh, looking at Mark chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. And it's Craig Henderson and myself, Doug McCary. We'll be right back with more SWAT Radio after the break. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. Joshua 1.9 states, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Highway to Eternity Ministries is dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope. The ministry seeks to serve those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's word and share the encouraging testimonies of lives that have been transformed through God's power and grace. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175 or visit www.highwaytoeternity.com. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a proud sponsor of SWAT Radio. 91 FM, The Truth.
Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. It's Doug McCary of His Light Ministries and my friend Craig Henderson in here today, filling in for David, filling in for Brad. Uh, whoever sits on that other side. We, Coming we, off we, the bench. We, yeah, we usually, uh, ha- and I'm great, uh, I'm great with all the SWAT guys that can pop in here, but I'm glad, um, very thankful for Craig and his ministry and the Mandarin SWAT group. Um one of the things that was pretty clear in listening to the message of Andy Stanley, if you're just tuning in, I, I listened to Andy Stanley's uh, message yesterday up at North Point. I, I was able to get a, a copy, even though it wasn't publicly released. There were people there, obviously, and he even acknowledges that. I know some of you people are here today, um, and you you disagree with me, and that's okay. I hope, you know you'll stay but he 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 really kind of he kind of joked about the people that have a real problem with what's going on and what was clear from the way he was teaching is that he was drawing a pretty big distinction between doctrine and shepherding like ha- having a doctrine believing this but the way we practically have to shepherd and pastorally shepherd people is is different with what we're dealing with in our culture. But you shouldn't shepherd in any way that proceeds from anything but doctrine, the doctrine of God, the doctrine of his righteousness. I mean, uh, Colossians, Paul says, whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of Jesus, right? And so as, as he was talking and pontificating on all this stuff and sharing with his people, it was really the thing that was most disturbing was he just basically said, you know, he, if you disagreed, this is a problem with the church. This is why people leave the church. This is why homosexuals don't want to be part of the church. It's because you don't treat them with this loving affirmation. But Show me anywhere in Scripture where Jesus affirmed anybody in a pattern of sinful behavior. He welcomed them, yes. I have no problem with opening your church up and allowing people who are homosexual to come be a part. They shouldn't be in any kind of leadership position. Uh, They shouldn't be um, in a position of membership of a church because they're not members if they're practicing sin in, in rebellion to God's design as a matter of habit, practice, at least that's what 1 John says. 1 John says anyone who says they love God and continues a pattern of sin doesn't really love him. It's one thing, listen, you sin, Craig, I sin. Oh, yeah. We all fail. There's no question. Do we lose our temper? Do we get in the flesh about something? Do we make choices that are not glorifying to god of course we do but when you come to me and you say doug this was wrong here it is in scripture you you shouldn't do that right Uh, you're not going to affirm me in what i do so if you took everywhere where he talked about homosexuality and 
transgenderism and the alpha alphabet mafia every time you use that and you put in adultery you put in um murder you put in theft you put in lying any other sin nobody would say that was okay but because it's homosexuality and the worst part of that craig is romans 1 says very explicitly that when homosexuality hits it's because God turns people over who suppress the truth about him. He turns them over to these unnatural desires. Well, I think, you know, it's interesting. I mean, discipleship is is in really in, in a loving relationship with somebody that points them to be more like Christ. Mm-hmm. And this is not a, a loving relationship to make make them acceptable in, who, in their sin. Yeah, it's it, to be more like Christ. Yeah, it is. It is not loving each each of us to affirm someone who is who believes that they are okay with God and okay to continue to a pattern of sinful behavior representing that that's okay for people to do. Doug, you know I spend lots of times with lots of time with guys with addictions. Yeah. You know, and it's not that um nobody tells them your addiction is okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's self-destructive. And, you know, and the, and the work of that is through the Holy Spirit to come in and in community and discipleship to draw them closer to Christ mm-hmm. and free them from their addiction. Well, I, you know, people say, why do you keep going to this thing? Why are you keep bringing this up? Because it is our job as believers to speak up because the Bible tells us to. It's clear in how it instructs Christians who claim that they love God that when people who say they love God and say they're followers of Jesus are walking in areas of disobedience that we know, it's our role to warn them who engage in open rebellion against God. I mean, we, we have a responsibility just like, you know, when Ezekiel was told by God, listen, if you don't tell them their blood's on your hands, you're the watchman. And we are, he, this one guy I was reading said that he believes that the great deception of the end times is people affirming sin in the name of love. People affirming sin in people mm-hmm. that call themselves believers. And and so, um, you know, as believers, don't give in. Don't use, you know, th- there's only two genders. There's two genders, biblically, male and female. God ordained it. He designed it. And we, as his People should not affirm the lie, you know, and, and you know what the lie of any of this stuff is, whether it's the homosexual marriage, whether it's LGBTQ is goes back to the garden of Eden. Did God really say, did he really say that Eve? Did he really say, don't touch from that tree or you'll die? No, he didn't say don't touch. He said, don't eat of the tree. He's always twisting. People are always looking to try to twist the word of God. And, you know, uh, God did say in his word, 
you know, that it is an abomination. It goes against the design of God. So if you stop, if you, if you don't affirm that part, then how do you um, stop a guy who says, well, you know, I was born a pedophile. Oh, now you're being ridiculous. See, that's the argument you always use. That's what they say. But you can't just say, okay, we're going to say this area of sexual immorality is okay, but not this area over here. Yeah, it's really like it's a blurring of the line, like the gradual. I mean, that's what I mentioned during the break, you know, that it's 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 one more example of, of our culture's influence, it's like yeah. chipping away at the core of, of Christianity. It, and, it is. and God's design for man and woman. Because the man and the woman together are the picture that Christ uses to demonstrate the and illustrate. It's actually the illustration of the church and Jesus. And uh, man, you know, I went to Brad's daughter's wedding. Brad, Brad's daughter got married. Uh, congratulations to Caden. Um, hannah birch now mm -hmm. uh and uh, anyway it was a beautiful wedding and you know what was so beautiful about the whole thing was the talk about jesus the glorification of jesus in the process how do you do that at a wedding of a man and a man or a woman and a woman in accordance with god's word you can't their marriage was beautiful because it was the way god designed it in genesis and God's word is clear about his creation of man and woman to become one, to complement each other, right? And a man compliments a woman, a woman, and, 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 and they just fill in, like my wife says, each, each other's weaknesses. The man is designed by God to lead that woman. The woman is designed by God to help and support that man and to complete that man. There, there are differences in men and women, but their value is the same. They have different roles, but the marriage is a picture of Jesus in the church. And it is that it's an abomination whenever a man and a man get married, a woman and a woman. And the church, anybody in the church says this is okay. Yeah, it's just... Um... It's, it's sacred. It is not okay. And for Andy Stanley to stand up and say, and listen, the way now it's presented is when you say that, you're considered a bigot, like you don't, you don't love people, and that's not true. That's simply not true. You just have an ideology that's based on biblical values, and you're espousing that. And people, I'm telling you, we're having this stuff shoved down our throats. And look, I just saw, I watched TV the other day. I was watching, um, I was watching something on TV and this ad came up for a pride parade here in Jacksonville over in the, um, I forgot, you know, river city part of Jacksonville in October. I'm like, all right, we've already had pride month. I mean, really? How many times let's, let's have a Christian parade downtown. See how that goes. Nobody's going to do that yeah. because the world doesn't want to recognize those things because those values. Listen, here's the question I have. Who determines whether it's right or wrong? Who who makes the choice? It, uh, God makes the choice. It's God. But yeah, and the only way we know 
he does is his word to us. That's right. It's, I mean, it's not the Supreme Court. It's not the U.S. government. No, no government. No. That's exactly right. It They're is the temporary. word of God, and you can choose to ignore it at your peril. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So anyway, hey, sorry. Man, we went longer. I, I really wanted to limit that first segment to that uh, discussion, but it was just we, we feel like we need to speak to that, and we probably will all week. Hey, uh, but we're going to come back and jump into Mark 1 verses 9 through 11, a different kind of king. And so I hope you'll stay tuned. We'll be right back after the news with more SWAT radio. Stay tuned. Times have a way of focusing us. We have to think about what matters most when it comes to our spending, our health care. This is why so many people are joining MediShare right now. MediShare is a trusted way to save up to 50% on your monthly health care costs more than 400,000 people have already made the switch. It's pretty obvious why, too, especially now during this challenging season with healthcare costs and out-of-pocket expenses going up. MediShare can save you a lot of money. The typical family saves $500 a month. MediShare works, too. It's been around for 30 years. Members have shared more than $5 billion of each other's bills. There are different options to choose from to fit your budget. I'll give you the number here in a second. And if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Maybe now is the perfect time to make the switch and start saving. Here you go. Call 844-55-BIBLE. That's 844-55-BIBLE. 844-55-BIBLE. There's major delays because of a crash on I-95 southbound at 8th Street blocking the left lane near downtown. Also, there's an accident on Butler Boulevard westbound at the ramp from Southside Boulevard. And there's a crash on I-10 eastbound at the ramp from the U.S. 301 Baldwin exit. Mostly clear tonight, low 68. Tuesday, mostly sunny, high 83. From the Traffic and Weather Center, I'm A.J. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles If you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies If you're trying to feel the same old holes inside There's a better life There's a better life If you got pain He's a pain Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Doug McCary of His Light Ministries with uh, my friend Craig Henderson today. And uh, we, Jeremy, gave me the cut signal and said, okay, you got to go on to the text. So, Jeremy, I'm, I'm moving on. Anyway, we are in Mark chapter 1. And um, if you're just tuning in, we are now working through Mark in our SWAT Bible studies. And last week at the meetings... We covered verses 9, 10, and 11. And just to give a quick review, Mark's gospel is widely accepted as the first gospel that was written. It was written from the Apostle Peter's eyewitness account of the life of Jesus. And it was written to Christians in Rome who were being persecuted. And Mark is primarily focused on Jesus as the servant king. But he writes about the kingdom of God and discipleship in the book. And uh, he starts off in verse 1 with this phrase, the beginning of the gospel, and that word gospel is euangelion, of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And last week on the air, we talked about how God reveals the euangelion, which means gospel or good news, 
of his Messiah King through his message. And we went back to Isaiah 40 and 52 to look at the word euangelion itself. It was only used when a new king was crowned, a new king was born, or a king had a great military victory. And that is the word that uh, Mark uses to start off his letter uh, or his gospel account of the life of Jesus. So we saw that the, that God reveals the euangelion through, first of all, the message. Second, his messengers. Mark quotes from Malachi chapter 3 and Isaiah 40, uh, kind of talking about the forerunner. A king didn't just come on the scene somewhere. There was always a herald who would go before him. And, and so Malachi, Isaiah, other passages in the Old Testament talk about the Elijah that would come in the pro, like a prophet, like the prophet Elijah. And so God reveals the euangelion of his Messiah King through his message, his messengers. And then that Elijah was John the Baptist after 400 years of silence, after Malachi makes his bold prediction about the Elijah to come, the next prophetic voice we hear is John the Baptist, who Jesus indicated was the Elijah that Malachi spoke of. And so he was the marker. Here's Messiah. Messiah's on the scene. And then finally, God reveals the euangelion through his Messiah King. John said he would baptize with the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit. So he wasn't just a good teacher, a good man, a good leader. He was God and God's Messiah King. Uh, and so Mark begins with this forerunner, and he shared that with with his listeners there, or his, the people that would read it, um, because first of all, it was demanded by God because of all the prophecies. Second, there was reform needed. Israel, even though they weren't heavily involved in idol, idol worship, they had kind of gotten self-centered, selfish, and reform was needed to call the nation back to God to prepare the way of, of Messiah. And third, John was a, a herald who was saying Christ is coming, repent. And so that was kind of the background. And now we're going to look in verses 9, 10, 11. The king comes, he pops in on the scene, and it's a different kind of king. And you know, Craig, I shared this at SWAT. We've all been exposed to different leaders in our life. And we're, we're not inclined to follow people that aren't good leaders. And we everybody listening has had good leaders in their life and bad leaders in their life. Bad leaders are defined usually by a bad character or self-centered character. Right. And that self-centered character says, I care more about myself than I do the people I'm leading. And nobody wants to follow that kind of a, a leader. But, you know, you think of the greatest king in Israel's history. Who do you think that was? I think of David. David, right? Would Could you say that David put his people over himself? No. And David no. was the greatest king th there, right? Yeah, and he, he humbled himself before God he as well. He did. But yet David killed Uriah. He slept with his wife. Uh, he he made some bad choices. He was a mess. He he numbered the people. Joab saying, "Don't do it, don't do it." He did it. Seventy thousand people died. So many times he thought of himself over his people, 
well, we got a new kind of king here. This is a different kind of king. We've got a king in Jesus who, one, identifies with his people, and two, intervenes for his people even to the point of his death. And we're going we're gonna to look at these two characteristics in verses 9, 10, 11. But I want our listeners to hear you read from uh, Matthew 3, Luke 3, John 1, and then at the end with Mark 1, 9 through 11. So start with Matthew 3. This is the Gospel of Matthew's account of the baptism of Jesus Christ. It's Matthew 3, verses 13 through 17. Go ahead and read that. Okay, starting with verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? But Jesus answered, let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water and behold, the heavens were open to him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Okay, now flip over to Luke chapter three, verses 21 and 22. Luke chapter 3, starting with verse 21. Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heavens opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son. With you I am well pleased. Okay, so two times now we've heard about the Holy Spirit descending in a bodily form like a dove and God's voice coming. This is my beloved son in whom I'm pleased. Okay, now read over in John chapter 1, verse 29 through 34. Starting with verse 29. The next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I, whom I said, after me comes a man who ranks before me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose, I came baptizing with water that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness. I saw the spirit descend from heaven like a dove and it remained on him. And I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, he on whom you see the spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and have borne witness that this is the son of God. And then finally in Mark chapter one, verses nine, 10 and 11. Starting with verse 9. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And he, when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven 
You are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. The word of the Lord. Yes, this is the word, or these are the very words of God. And so in three of the four accounts, um, it says, you are my beloved son, and you am well pleased. That's important. We're going we're gonna to talk about that. And then in all four accounts, it said the spirit descended like a dove. In all four accounts, it, it, it doesn't say the spirit descended in the form of a dove. It said it's been like a dove, right? Have you ever seen photos of Jesus at his baptism and it has a dove there? yeah yeah <laughs> that's not what the writer's trying to get across it's not they're they're in they're indicating a gentleness almost like um and i know we're, we're going to get into it more but the gentleness of the spirit in the old testament every time the spirit came on somebody it was a it was a radical change to that person it gave them supernatural strength. It gave them an ability to prophesy. Even at Pentecost, they start speaking right. in tongues. Yeah. So the, it was it was very radically different from who they were. Not with Jesus. No. The Spirit was very much at home there. And it was a gentle thing. And, that, and doves were always gentle. And so when we come back... We're going to look, uh, I want to go into, we'll just kind of get into this identifying with his people, being a different kind of king. Kings did not identify with their people during this time, really during any monarchy. So, hey, well, you're listening to SWAT Radio. We are in Mark chapter 1, verses 9, 10, 11, talking about a different kind of king. We'll be right back after this break. Stay tuned. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. SWAT Radio is underwritten in part by The Guardian Group. You know Brad Sykes as co-host of SWAT Radio. While Brad is committed to making disciples both on and off the air, his ministry extends into the marketplace as a licensed real estate agent with Keller Williams Southside. Brad and his wife Vicki are real estate agents in Northeast Florida. They are the founding partners of The Guardian Group. They help people buy, sell, and invest in real estate with offices near Butler and Southside Boulevards. 904-580-7255. That's 904-480-7255. And online at guardiangroupjacks.com. That's guardiangroupjacks.com. The Guardian Group. Happy to bring you SWAT Radio on the truth.
We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomnehl.com. The Florida-Georgia Truth Network, in Folkestone at 91.3. Why you ever chose me has always been a mystery. All my life I've been told I belong at the end of the line. With all the other not quite, with all the never get it right. a bunch of nobodies trying to tell everybody about the somebody that really matters right amen that is exactly right (laughs) yeah that's uh, (laughs) um it that's our goal is to tell people and show people and um anyway um i am glad that you've joined us today on swat radio uh we are looking at mark chapter one and uh as before we get back into it i would like to uh let everyone uh, who's out in our listening audience uh, know Brad was out all last week and he is going to be back tomorrow, hopefully. Uh, But his daughter, Hannah married this just awesome guy named Caden Birch. And I got to meet Caden for the first time last night. And what a great guy met his dad too. Uh, her, his brother gave a great uh, tribute to him as a role model to his to his brother about just focusing on Christ. It was just a very God glorifying uh, wedding. Trey Brunson, a good friend of ours, uh, did the wedding, and um, it was just it was it was a great thing to to witness. And so, uh, congratulations, Hannah and Caden. And uh, I hope uh, y'all have fun on your honeymoon, wherever you're going. So, yeah, Christian marriages, Christian wedding ceremonies are so inspirational, isn't aren't it, they? Isn't it? It's just a beautiful, yeah. beautiful thing. And I, I love the way uh, all everybody, Brad, everybody glorified Christ in the process. So mm. it, it was it was just a beautiful thing. So, uh, yeah, it was great. And he'll be back tomorrow. But uh, shout out to our listeners up on the lighthouse in uh, chesapeake portsmouth virginia area and to uh, all the listeners in meridian mississippi on wmer wmox and up in folkestone georgia here and jacksonville and st augustine on the truth and uh, so appreciate our sponsors you know we, we we've got our sponsors on ads that go through but i i just always like to thank ace door and window and you know um Jeff Highway to Eternity Ministries, Jeff Andrews, and uh, uh, Tom Neal Trucking, those guys who really just help us. And uh, even the Guardian Group, Brad Sykes and Vicki Sykes as realtors there. So thank you all for making this possible. Um, right, going back, uh, this is our last segment. By the way, <laughs> I forget sometimes, you can call in uh, 844-777-7928, 844 
877-7928. That's 844-777-SWAT. Uh, or you can send a question to ask at SWATradio.com. The last segment is the segment that we usually will take calls first and last segment, but um, specifically the last segment about anything we've talked about, whether it's the North Point uh, debacle or what you know that whole thing or or anything we've talked about with mark so far um or any questions but i want to go back to this idea of you know how we picture things you know i know it seems like such a small thing but you know i grew up thinking there was a dove on jesus shoulder i did did you think that when you were growing up oh yeah yeah i thought it was when you know when i when you see the pictures in a, in church or whatever, there was a dove kind of coming down above from above. Yeah. But, but that's because we're, we're so literal thinking. That's a very that's, Greek way of thinking. Say, yeah. And, um, and so it does, it says like a dove and the meaning was not having to do necessarily with the picture the, of a dove, the physical but entity. it was the, the gentleness of a mm-hmm. dove. And that, that makes a difference. Yeah, as, I, picture that. as I read all four of these, I really began to see the interpretation of just kind of gently coming down and, and covering, enveloping kind of thing. Yeah, and it was almost, well, one of my friends says it this way, it's like Cinderella putting her foot into the slipper. Mm-hmm. It was just that that natural for the spirit to come, to come down. In. Like for the spirit to come into you, yeah. there's a radical change taking place in Craig Henderson's life. Probably because I'm me. a sinful well, guy. You and me both, <laughs> yeah. right? So the spirit comes into me. Jeremy, oh my gosh, Jeremy, it's like a, I mean, it would be like a hurricane. <laughs> you know, I'm joking, Jeremy. Yeah, uh, I like messing with Jeremy. Anyway, um, hey, we're pretty laid back here, aren't we, Jeremy? We're pretty laid back. But, uh, but that picture of that dove that each writer is portraying there is under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And what the Spirit, it appears, is trying to communicate is that the gentleness of that Spirit coming upon Jesus is important because here is here is Jesus Christ identifying with his people. He is coming to be baptized. By the way, it says he came from Nazareth of Galilee, Mark had to ID where Nazareth was. The Roman people had no idea where Nazareth was. You know, we think about it. We know it's in Israel. But if you would have said Nazareth to a Roman, they wouldn't have known where that is unless they had served there maybe. Right, there's like a Roman garrison in Nazareth, right? Yeah. Yeah. But you're right, had to to narrow it down. They, They wouldn't have known that. But here this king, the Messiah king, comes to this Elijah who's preaching repentance to people to be baptized. And remember, he's preaching judgment. You need to be baptized because you're not ready for Messiah. Right. So here's my question, John. I'm sorry, Craig. I I don't know. I was thinking John the Baptist. That's right. Yeah. Um, Jesus was baptized by John. Why? Well, I think, well, isn't this fulfilling a little bit of the prophecy that the Elijah speaks and points to him as well as demonstrating he he uh, is relating to all the people that yeah, are they're there being baptized. Identifying, that's right. Identifying with. But was Jesus? Let me ask you this: what, what were all the people of Israel told to do by John the Baptist? Is repent. So from your, repent he was of your sins. telling everybody, 
except those who he knew wouldn't. And to those people, he said, who warned you to flee, you brood of vipers? Who warned you to flee the wrath to come? You know, but everybody else, he's preaching, repent, repent. And so Jesus is there because the prophet Elijah that was prophesied is calling Israel to repent. And so was Jesus circumcised? Sure. Yes, he was. Yeah, that's right. He didn't need to be. He he was there at the beginning of the covenant. He he was he didn't he was already part of that. He didn't need to be circumcised. Uh, did his mother present a sin offering that was customary for mothers to give for their children that came into the world? Sure, he was fulfilling all the traditional laws. But Jesus didn't need a sin offering, did he? He did not. Um, no. Why did he attend synagogue? Why did he attend the feast? Why did he attend the Day of Atonement, Passover? He didn't need to, but he did. Jesus submitted himself to all aspects of Jewish law that was given by the Father. Not tradition by man, but the law that was given by the Father. And and by being baptized by John, he validates his message and his anointing as the Elijah. And fulfills the law. Yes. So, and he's saying, listen, Christianity is not a spinoff of Judaism. It's not like a sequel or some kind of spinoff. It is true Judaism. Right. It's fulfilled Judaism. But if you talk to people today, right, they would act like it's a spinoff, a rogue offshoot. In fact, I talked to rabbis over there when i was on my trip to israel who consider it a rogue offshoot and jesus is this rogue prophet teacher rabbi who led people away from judaism but no if david was here today he'd be a christian abraham here today he'd be a christian they'd be messianic christians but they'd sure, still that's be, right but yeah. they would be christian christ followers yes they would that's true Judaism. And, you know, we need to think of it like that. I mean, that, yeah. that, that it is not an offshoot. So is it wrong for us to celebrate feast? No. Is it wrong for us? And, and I know the feast are not required anymore, but when we, we can do it if we want to sure. yeah. just as a remembrance of what to learn about the the foreshadowing and all the things that God's people did to foreshadow the coming of Messiah. It's like I, I love when we do the Shema at the end of, because it is the prayer that Jesus prayed. Yeah, every morning every and night. every night. Right. And he did that. And so, yeah, I, I, I talk to people who say, well, we shouldn't be doing that anymore, the feast, because, you know, Jesus came and he fulfilled. He did fulfill all the ceremonial things, but... They will do them again. In fact, they they look forward to the Feast of Booths. That's when he's supposed to return, you know. And so there's nothing wrong with wanting to celebrate those things as long as you understand those things do nothing to get you into a better relationship salvation. with God. That's right. The only thing that gets you into a right relationship with God is Jesus Christ because he is a king who identifies with his people. And tomorrow, if you come back and join us uh, out there in the listening audience, we're going to 
talk about the things that happened at Jesus' baptism, what it symbolized, and then we're going to get into how he intervenes for his people. So he's not only a king who identifies with his people, but a king who intervenes. So, Craig, uh, any closing thoughts as we get ready to uh, say goodbye for today? No, I think it's great that, I mean, he does these things so that he knows exactly what the people that he is bringing salvation to have experienced. And he, he lives it out in a way that, that is without sin. And so I think for each of us, it's inspirational that I can, I can lean on him for yeah, everything. He knows exactly what we go through and what we felt like, regardless of what Andy Stanley may say, <laughs> that people don't know. Anyway, hey, thanks for joining us. Um, uh, we will be back tomorrow. If you want to listen to this or any past broadcast, go to www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. You can communicate it 